Greetings, everyone, and welcome to WriteBrain, a podcast about writing and crowdfunded publishing. Hey, everybody, welcome to the WriteBrain podcast, a podcast about crowdfunded publishing, Inkshare's books, and writing in general. I'm J.F. Dubow, one of your hosts. The other host is my good friend, Paul Inman, the author of Ageless. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing well. And let's not forget you, JF. You are the author of The Life Engineered. And I got a, a very fun email this week. Um, I guess an update is technically what it is uh, about The Life Engineered. You care to share? Um, yeah, might as well. The uh, I, I've given final approval to everything. The now this okay. I this is kind of the story of production with when it's the first time you're going through this whole publishing thing. Uh, a lot of times, on several occasions, I've given approval to a step, and sometimes it's just like you, I know it's not the final step because it's like the, the first wave of editing, or it's a, a certain type of editing, like uh, dev editing. Obviously, aren't final because you're gonna have copy edit and line edits after. Uh, but after a while, I didn't have this sort of repeated uh, events where they would send me proofs, which I thought were final proofs. And I would approve them and then they would come back and say, OK, well, those were the final proofs for the content. This is the final proof for the uh, for the layout. And th- there was always uh, one step or another. And I work in graphic design, so I'm used to having multiple steps of approval, but not quite that many. And but this time. The, these were the the documents, the PDFs, the final versions that are going to the printer. So, so then uh, we can say that the life engineer is done for all intents and purposes. It's it's done, and it's very weird, Paul, because there was a certain feeling of security of being in production, because as long as you're in production you can go back you can you can you can sort of slow down you can make one final change and you're not being judged by the general public your your book isn't going through it's i say it's still in that nebulous area be between being approved by the publisher and actually being thrown into the arena of of public purchases and now, so that that uh, that can be a scary place, I can imagine. So yeah, because right now it's it's on the launch pad. It's 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 warming up its engines to be thrown into the air, and then once it's there, is it going to fly or is it going to come crashing back down to the ocean? I I don't know, and that's it's a weird weird place to be. So that's this is why I'm kind of burying myself in other projects. To, uh, to to keep myself distracted. So uh, just out of curiosity, like um, how long has it actually been finished? The book itself? Well, I, I mean, like, like how long ago did you get that final proof and send it back? I'd, I'd have to dig, but no more than two or three weeks ago. Wow. So you've been sitting on that information for a while, huh? Well, I, the, the update you got, I think we I sent that a week ago. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, you're right. Well, it hasn't been that long, I guess. But my, more more importantly, like I, I just remember, like because I'm I'm going through my brain what was important about that update. But one of the things that was interesting is that I also got the final cover approved, and 
that cover included my cover blurbs, which is that is something I have been sitting on for a very long time. Yes. And you and I actually talked about it uh, when you first got it, although, you know, it wasn't public knowledge, but you and I discussed it. And uh, I'm very excited that we can actually talk about it a little bit because it is amazing, dude. That is awesome. It it is is pretty wicked. So for uh, for for those who may not have gotten the update, what happened is, and this is one hundred percent the work of Ink Shares, and this is one of those things when Paul and I say that Ink Shares works hard for the authors. This is the kind of thing we mean. Um, Ink Shares managed to get the life engineered into the hands of Leah Kearns. If you don't know who Leah Kearns is, she's an actress, and she played she played a, a role in Interstellar, which I haven't seen Interstellar yet. This is oh really. Weird. I know it's 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 in my queue of things I need to watch, and the thing is, it went out of theaters before right. I had a chance to see it in theaters, and I haven't had a chance to 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 pick it up on uh, on in digital yet because I'm busy. Uh, anyways, mm-hmm. but more importantly, like for, for for since I haven't seen Interstellar, like I don't know her from that, but I do know her as the actress who played Racetrack, the Raptor pilot from Battlestar Galactica, who has a very interesting arc in the story. I like tragic characters, and she has a tragic arc, so I kind of knew who that was. And she read the book, and my cover blurb is from her, and it's super positive and very exciting. So, Do you have it handy? Like, could we uh, hear what it is? I hey, could, just for those I could of you, absolutely fish. That yeah, out. you you dig it up, and I'll and I'll talk. I'll run well, my mouth. Why don't you tell me about like Ageless? Where are you at? Because this isn't the JF show, Paul. <laughs> well, uh, Ageless. So I sent off the uh, final copy edits um, of of Ageless. But let me tell you something. I guess there's an important lesson that can be learned here from for everyone. You learn from my mistakes people come on so <laughs> don't be late these dates are not uh as flexible as they should be <laughs> or as that oh, i want them to be yes yeah, what, so. what happened <laughs> well what what ended up happening is this is i uh i was a little bit late and really a little bit not much few days um but i was a little bit late twice and now i'm having to uh miss out on some of the goodness because they're like the uh, you know the um release date is king and we need to meet that date. So there's a what 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 am I skipping over? Um the the proof, one of the proofs, I can't remember which one right off the top of my head, but I'm missing I'm they they said you will get to read it. It'll just be the digital proof for the um for like the e-reader book version, you know. So right. Uh, so I'm missing oh my, that. You're, you're also getting close to those uh, those final moments. Yeah, I'm getting pretty Oof. close here. Yep. Um, and uh, so I was a little bit sad, disheartened by that. But, you know, it's my own fault, I guess. Uh, again, though, for for um, you and I and uh, presumably anyone listening, this is not necessarily our day job. Although this is what I love to do and I'm having a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. And I'm learning a whole lot. I'm learning a whole lot. So that's what's really awesome. Uh, unfortunately with my type of work, I am just super, super busy in December. And so I fell behind a little bit. So, but that's okay. I mean, we're still on track and everything's still good. It's just, we're going to have to skip a step, which is all right. It just makes to, me sad, you know. To, to be honest, one of the things that's uh, where, where I think you can find comfort is that Ink Shares, at least in my experience so far, has been very diligent in the the level of quality. And when I say mm-hmm. I keep having to approve documents, it's because they are being so, pardon term, anal about the level of quality they want to bring. Being that 
they are so diligent. I think that skipping a step, as unfortunate as it seems or as it may be, isn't the end of the world because they have so many steps and they have so many backups and they they keep plugging away at the project to make sure it's as perfect as possible. So at the end of the day, even if they skip a step, there's so many other steps of approval that whatever mistake they may not have caught, they'll either catch later or is not important enough to worry about. Right. And I agree. I agree. Um, but you know, like when you're like releasing your baby, kind of like where mm-hmm. you are, you're like, Oh, you know, I, I you know, I, you're done. It, it, you're just apprehensive. That's all it is. And you know, I'm, I know it's going to be great because so far it's been great. And the, um, copy edits were super duper thorough. And, uh, that was amazing actually. Um, um, uh, what's her name? I think Michelle hope something like that. I can't remember now right off the top of my head, but she's the one who did it. And she did a fantastic job. Uh, I'm also at the stage of, um, I just actually, like literally about an hour ago, before we started recording, well, actually probably more like two hours ago, I sent in um, my acknowledgements page because I had to do some revisions on it. Um, So yeah, that's where we are. And uh, I'm just sitting on my thumbs currently, you know, waiting (laughs) for something else to do, waiting for them to send me something back and say, this needs more work, do it, do it better. And I'll say, yes, yes, ma'am, you know. I, I, I have to admit, I never thought it would be the case because my first experience with uh, with developmental edits were either with friends or with someone who did not get the book I was having them review. Right. But having gone through that process winning shares, and I think I've said that before, and I'll never get, like, it, it'll never not be true anymore. I crave that experience for my other books, especially with God in the Shed that's currently funding. I really want to get that book into dev, dev edits because I want to know what a professional thinks and how to make it better. That process was so much fun and so enriching. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, every time I think about God in the Shed, I, the, the, the one thing I want the most for it should be, uh, it should be having people read it or maybe make money off it, anything. But all I can think <laughs> of is I, I want, I wanted a dev editor from Girl Friday to go through it and help me out because that was just such a good such a good experience. I mean, I'm telling you, it is awesome. It is awesome. And for those of you that are like, you know, you've already reached the quill goal maybe and you still got time, keep pushing because it is really, really thorough. It's very, very good. And I've enjoyed my experience too. Um, JF, did you uh, find that blurb that we could share with everybody? Paul, I am extremely organized individual and I have all my files classed away in a very methodical ma- manner. Something tells me that that's a no then. <laughs> no, no, I totally found it. Actually, the the only th- <laughs> the only thing that's really well organized on my computer right now is all my writing files because <laughs> I I take that so much more seriously than anything else <laughs> to to the detriment of more important things. So, here's a quote very quickly. Um, God, I hate doing this because it feels like I'm just, just freaking pumping my own ego. But do it, do it, man. Sometimes you got to do it. <clears throat> JF Dubose, the life engineered is a real page turner for anyone interested in science fiction and good literature. It brought a smile to my face as some passages made me reminisce of my own time spent aboard Galactica as a Raptor pilot. Signed, Leah Kearns, Ballstar Galactica and Interstellar. That's amazing, man. I can't wait to see something like that on, on Ageless. Um, so I guess, I don't know, I guess pretty soon once they get the final proof, uh, um, the final, uh, yeah, I guess the final proof, uh, they'll be sending 
ageless out, I would imagine. Probably. So I'm excited. It's 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 a surreal um stage right now. It's it's so exciting yet so scary. It's uh, anyways, it's I I I just I just want to get it kind of over with so I can move on to the next stage because right now it's just nerve-wracking. Yeah, I can understand that. Um it's so. it's, it's it's nerve-wracking but exciting and positive anyways it's it, it's one of those jumble of emotions it's really hard to translate I, i'm a writer so maybe i should uh try to figure that out <laughs> but if you write like me you you do a lot of thinking when you write not you're just not on the spot in the middle of a podcast you know <laughs> yeah absolutely like i mean i mean i, I could take like a few minutes and, uh, and and figure out a really really uh, annoyingly uh disgustingly poetic way of, of explaining <laughs> how i feel but i mean the short version is that it's it's exciting and it's scary and I, I i guess in a way i'm just really happy that i got to this point and well, that's hope, hopefully I can I, I get to do this more and more. Well, that's amazing, man. I'm I'm excited for you, and I can't wait to have the life engineered in my hand to read. Um, so March speaking 1st, of exciting, baby. what's that? March first, baby. March first. That's right. Uh, speaking of exciting, we've had um, a little bit of a hiatus here, and that's mostly my fault because, as I mentioned a minute ago, December is. Un- unbelievably busy when you're a music educator. Everybody wants your chorus kids to sing somewhere and like that takes time out of your life so anyway ex- speaking of exciting we've had a, a a lot of exciting um things happen over the last few weeks um uh not to mention i mean uh what was it called i mean I we, we had the right the the review the review a thon that's what i was blanking which out. was a huge deal i mean we used that as uh, last week's episode because mm-hmm. we needed the filler i mean it's, it's the holidays it's hard to coordinate getting together to record stuff it and is. the uh, the review-a-thon was a solid two and a half hours, and we, there was some really great content, um, some less great content, which by that I'm referring to my my part in the reading of Dax Harrison. <laughs> no, that um, was great. But I mean, the, the the interview we had with Adam with, with Gary were super insightful. I, I like, Adam gave us a really good idea of what to uh, what was behind the history of Ink Shares, and Gary talked at us uh about <laughs> about his his uh his history with ink shares and his um basically his process through the whole writing thing i love him man because it's like you <laughs> it's like you could just you just go man you don't even it doesn't even matter let me ask you a question then you just go for 20 minutes and you know it's well, great th- that's the thing like I, I i i hate to compare myself to people but when i hear gary talk like when i had that first phone call with him my first impression was that, oh, that's what this is like, <laughs> because I, I do that. Like someone asks me a question, I'll go on five tangents and I'll, I'll do really long explanations. No one cuts me off. So I just keep going. And I'm hoping like the reason I don't cut Gary off and I assume no one else does is because there's no reason to. What he says is fascinating and it's it's, it's instructive and it's it's you know, it's it's interesting. I hope that's why people don't cut me off. But I think mostly in my case, they're just waiting for me to get bored with my own voice. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Sorry. I can't help but laugh at that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the review of Thought was awesome. And uh, Kara did an excellent job putting that all together. And thank you to everyone who came uh, who came on and uh, who, who all was there. I'm blanking, of course. John Robin, 
Um, John Robin, we had uh, Tony Amanda Ornak that came on. Uh, Tony, Tony, Tony's last name is is, is he, leaving me right now. But Dax Harrison, Tony of Dax mm-hmm. Harrison. Um, his his name is unimportant. His book's right. name is important. Dax Harrison. And he he. I mean, he was missing a few books when we did the reviewathon, and by right. the like a couple of days later, he got his two fifty. So he'll be at least published on Quill, which is super exciting. I know. I'm, I'm very excited. I can't wait to get my copy because I totally am one of those 250. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly more. I can't remember, but at least one. <laughs> um, uh, who else is there? Let me think. Um, Jenna Grace. Yeah, Jim, uh, Jim, uh, Jim McDonald. Jim McDonald. Yeah. yeah. Fellow uh, Sword and Laser Collection uh, inductee. Yep. And um, Rise, the seventh or the seventh, seventh age. Oh, man. I am it's not so Rise. sorry. You're, you're talking seventh age uh, Don. Dawn, that yes. is um sorry i got confused uh hines Ge- gary hines yeah. can't remember his first name his last name is hines but i can't remember his first name. i'm terrible with names so that's not a good thing i'm not great with names either <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm not like at school i call all my kids i'm like hey i go for the little you know for the young ladies hey, sweetheart come here you know for the guys i'm like hey buddy come on you know that's terrible right switch switch, switch it up <laughs> Um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, speaking of reviews, uh, did did you pick a book to review I did. this week? I did. Sweet. So In did fact, I. I reviewed this particular book for the reviewathon, and I thought it was a pretty, uh, pretty good read. So I was like, I'm going to bring it on the show. You lazy bastard. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, you know, hey, it is what it is. But, <laughs> All right. Uh, Do you want me to let you go first? Uh sure. Uh, I don't mind going first. Um, this book that I chose is by Thomas Arnold. And uh, I don't think that I'm being lazy. I really enjoyed reading this. So um, the book is titled Exile Magus. I think that's how you say it. M-A-G-U-S. Magus. 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 I think so. Um, Yeah. That's the the hard thing about fantasy in general. Like the names are really difficult until somebody pronounces them for you. Um, So anyway, this book was, uh, or what I read was the the, uh, intro chapter here. And he's got lots up. But uh, what I read was just this, um, the first one, and it was it was good. So let me tell you a little bit about it. So just a little, uh, the hook here at the top of the page, for those of you playing along at home, because I know everybody listens to our podcast while on the internet and looking at ink shares, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what I do. It's what I do, too, because, you know, I'm recording the podcast, so I'm definitely looking at it. So anyway, um, in it's the first in a series following a dwarven, Magus, 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 maybe entering a world he grew up only hearing of as he strives to find a place amid countless dangers and at least one too many gnomes. His naivety, naivete, yes, thank you, in life and love may bring more danger than any foe could. So, um, it's actually, it's actually, uh, Really like really interesting story. I think uh, pretty much. Um, uh, well, I'm trying to go off of memory here. I could just read it for you. <laughs> what's right here? Well, it, it's it's funny because this is one of those books that I've 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 pre-ordered, but I haven't read that much about it. And I, I think what got me to pre-order it without going too much deeper than the the, the original uh, few lines that you just read is uh-huh. the fact that unlike so many other books this is one that doesn't focus on 
humans. It's not about the humans. It's which makes it kind of reminiscent of of Tolkien in the sense that it focuses on one of those other races of right. the embassy, and that to me is so much more interesting than following some kitchen scullion, uh, discovering that he's a prince and saving the kingdom or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I totally understand what you're saying there. And, you know, I, I, I got that um, feeling when I was uh, when I was reading it and I was doing my my uh, review for the review of thon So anyway, I'm just going to read a little bit here right from it because my memory is failing me. Uh, I mean, I kind of remember what it's about, but just to refresh my own memory and for the folks listening at home, Pentax Mew, maybe, a young native... A young man native to a reclusive nation of dwarves feels he has no choice but to flee his homeland in order to escape punishment after revealing his study of magic in order to save his people. As he takes his first clumsy steps out from the isolation of his island home into the wide and varied world of the mainland, he searches for a family to replace the one he has lost. Along the way, he meets a wandering warrior named... Ooh, this is, this is the best part... Bosidia? Bosidia? I don't know. I don't um, know. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> Buskidia, maybe. Buskidia? Yeah, I can see that. Buskidia? And falls in love with her, but his own fear of losing her may well spell their undoing. Let me first off apologize because I'm terrible with pronouncing things that I don't know. And uh, I apologize. So, um, well, let's be fair. I mean, I have a feeling that Thomas uh, pretty much does it on purpose to make his names uh, not as easy to read as they could be. Right, right. I, I understand. I understand. I, I, I mean, I'm, that's I'm, part of look, the fantasy I'm, world, you know. So, absolutely. I'm, I'm not attacking him. If you once you read Life Engineered, you'll see that I borrow some names from uh, Sudamerican uh, mythology, and some of those are not easy to pronounce. No. Um, and this, I don't, I'm not familiar with this, but I guess he could have done the same thing here. So uh, let me continue. While he explores the mainland and its many perils, he is unaware that his homeland has not let go of him as easily as he believes. Unbeknownst to him, he is pursued by the last surviving member of his family, his brother, Palkaz. Pa- Palkaz? Their reunion, sure. <laughs> their reunion follows closely on the heels of Pentaz's biggest mistake and tragedy and they find themselves facing off against one another amidst a danger neither neither of them had imagined. Can they put aside their differences long enough to survive? So um, here's the thing. Like, as I was reading that, um, I remembered exactly what the first chapter was about. So basically the first chap, the first, uh, his um, first chapter, I guess is the first chapter, I'm not sure, um, on Ink Shares. Yes, chapter one, um, is all about uh, his father actually finding out uh, going before the high court and uh, finding out that one of the one of the members of the high the high court the something of hammers I can't remember what it was the lady of the lady of the hammers that's her that's her nickname um, accuses his son Pentax of witchcraft and I guess like uh, practicing magic is forbidden um, so in order to help save his son he the the father says to the the high court listen i'll put my son in battle on the front line and if he uses magic to save himself then you're right he is using magic but if he doesn't in this most perilous place then you know i will have proved him innocent you know so sorry i have to sneeze or something so anyway um 
Uh, it goes on where his father comes to him and finds him, and he actually is practicing magic. He's reading from a book that is a magic book, and his father gets real angry, and he, his father tells him, hey, listen, you're going to have to go to the front line, so you better stop doing this stuff. And when you're on the front line, no magic, because then they're just going to kill you, you know, or whatever. So uh, it was an interesting it was an interesting chapter to start out with. And, you know, that's, of course, me summing it up very quickly and easily. As far as um, the actual ink shares page is concerned i think it's actually you know it's not bad i i i would uh i would say that um it's about probably average most most pages look pretty similar as far as the layout's concerned he gives a good amount of um information about the story and about uh who he is and he has some places where you can go follow like a facebook page goodreads and uh you know twitter blog etc cetera, etc cetera. and i actually really think the cover is pretty cool on this one i can't really is, tell what i'm looking cool at cover i would probably do something different with the topography and give more room to the margins it is that from afar like if you sorry like you might have heard that i moved back from my microphone but when you move away you can't read it it's more uh it, it's it's better to have a high contrasting title, but I mean the image looks compelling and interesting, so there's that going for it. And you know, I might like maybe if I were if I were Thomas, I might take that and put it um on the actual page. Not like because mm-hmm. you know, you have to put it on your book, right. but I'm saying put the actual image like in your in the uh, about section. Yeah, the about section. Couldn't think of what that was called. Definitely. Um, now here here's the thing. This this is always something that kind of bothers me. Right now, Exile Magus has 251 followers, but only uh, 65 pre-orders. I, I I don't see why each of these followers, if they each order a copy, I mean, boom, that's it. He's got Quill funding. Yep, We're done. He's there. That that needs to happen. So, tell you what, if if you're Thomas, if you if you're listening. Kick your followers in the arse so that they pre-order a copy. And if you're someone who's following Exile Magus but haven't pre-ordered, yeah, pick up a copy. Yeah, come on, man. I mean, this is this is literature. It's super important. And you know, I think he got some um, decent amount of uh, reviews on mm-hmm. uh, the reviewathon. So if any of those people haven't ordered, pick one up. I mean, if you read the stuff and you reviewed it, and most of the reviews that I kind of glanced at, um. On the reviewathon day, all all seemed positive, you know. So pick one up, and you know, Thomas, I am rooting for you because I really enjoyed reading it. And fantasy is not necessarily something that I always uh, jump to, you know. I, I like fantasy, okay, but you know, I'm I'm science fiction kind of guy personally, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I think it's been established that here at Right Brain, we uh, we we are primarily fans of sci-fi. So for for something from fan some, something that's fantasy to jump out at us is a bit more infrequent. Anyways, so uh, there's twenty well, as of the recording here. There's twenty three days left. Um, that's, by the time that's this plenty, that's yeah, by the time this gets out, uh, there might be twenty two, twenty one, maybe. But um, mm-hmm. uh, I think that if you do, if you're on the fence, go check it out. Read read about it. Um, maybe follow Thomas on Twitter. And ask him some questions. Say, you know, wh- how, why should this appeal to me? And, and uh, I'm sure that you're aware, JF, but Thomas is also a part of the Goodreads group. And mm-hmm. uh, he frequences, uh, frequents the Goodreads group pretty often. 
So, you know, if you're not a part of that, check that out. Come come over there and just be part of the um family, I guess, you know. <laughs> uh so exile magus magus. Why don't you tweet Thomas and ask him? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I might actually, but I'm not gonna do it while we're recording the podcast. Well, no, of course not. Because I need to talk about a book too. Yes. What book are you bring to the table, Jeff? I am uh I'm going to step out of our comfort zone. Paul, All right. and I'm going to talk about a book that is, a, it's a humor book. And I've come out on this podcast uh, saying that I am not a super big fan. Anti-humor. Of, I'm not anti-humor. I just, I don't like, there's a, a specific type of humor that we're seeing in, um, in sci-fi and fantasy these days, which is very self-referential, which is all about pointing and laughing at the own uh, at the tropes that we see in in science fiction and it, i have nothing against it um i i feel that there might be a bit of a bandwagon effect to it and i feel that the, the problem i have more often than not is that a lot of these jokes are jokes that i've already made with my buddies so if i'm going to but no, seriously. I mean, if we're no, making jokes about like I science that was fiction, just a funny way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's jokes about science fictions. I've 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 already told them or heard them from my friends while drinking around the table talking about Star Wars and Star Trek. So it's it's really hard to find new ways and 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 new jokes and make enough of these jokes to make a compelling book. So that's why I kind of look outwards from genre. When I'm looking for uh, for humor books, and I've read a lot of humor books, but usually they're not part of sci-fi or fantasy. They're uh, I, I like things like what I like this particular book, which is called "Driving the Road of Life with a Flat Tire." It's uh, by a man called Gary Jordan. Gary, uh, he is a host of CBS political TV program, The Usual Suspects. I've never heard of it or listened to it, so I'm, I'm not coming at it from there. And uh, a former seed-spitting champion of the Jefferson County Watermelon Festival. So, uh, <laughs> Two flames of flame. Yeah, uh, a fame. high achiever, a high achiever. Now, the one thing, b- bef- before I continue... Here's what I want you to get to do, uh, everybody, except you, Paul, because you're recording a podcast right now, so you can do it, do this later. But I want everybody to pause Right Brain. I want you to go on Ink Shares and look for Driving the Road of Life and listen to the, the video. The video totally sold me because it has the perfect subdued and subtle yet not too subtle self-deprecating tone that I expect from the book. And the video in and of itself is kind of a gag. But you know, I feel like I watched the video actually. You you may have. It's 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 very good. And like I say, it's it's self-deprecating in a way that I like my humor. So the description of the book is as such. It's a big bit long, so bear with me. Okay. This is from uh, from the, the the page itself. I didn't chase writing. Writing chased me. After forty years in television, writing a book was not part of the plan. A year ago, I came home from a vacation and found a giant snake in our bedroom. Removing the snake was an epic battle, which I barely survived. Wow. I decided to share the melee in our local newspaper. The response from readers was overwhelming, and before I knew it, I had editors calling to ask if I was a one-hit wonder. My response was, yes, of course. But if you're talking about more writing, then sure, I could do that. So... 
you see the, uh, the, the the sort of self-deprecation. Oh yeah, and oh yeah. I've I've always said that if I were to write my own memoirs, it would probably be titled "Nothing Good Can Come of This" because I okay. have this. I know, right? I should probably reserve that somehow. <laughs> and, and and you can see why this book kind of speaks to me because it's the same sort of looking down at my own life and achievements in a way and sort of how I, 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 I often feel, and you can probably sort of hearing in how I talk about my success with the life engineered or maybe success. I don't know. It's really hard to tell at this point, but the, this sort of feeling that I'm, I'm failing into success or stumbling backwards into achievements. So, and, and I, I, I get, from the tone of what I read from uh, from Gary Jordan, that he's about at the same place, <laughs> at least psychologically or uh, philosophically. And he, he definitely qualifies for Quill Publishing, <clears throat> though. Yeah, definitely. So he he's already reached his Quill goal. He has twenty seven days left. I am. I I still think that it's worth giving uh, the book a look. Oh yeah, definitely. Obviously, I mean, if you have credits and you want to encourage a book that still hasn't funded, I mean, I'm not going to stop you. But at the same time, uh, again, sort of mirroring my own position, uh, Gary is at that point where he's he's, I mean, he he's got his uh, his quill goal reached, but definitely could reach the 750. He's got 27 days left, so it's really not impossible, and. That, especially for a humor book, might be also worth it to get that extra dose of editing. It sounds like it's his first book, so also a big help that way. And you know what is crazy here? Um, like we were talking about with Thomas's followers, uh, Gary's followers are actually the opposite. You know, you see he sold 383 books, but he's got 151 followers. So we're in an opposite situation. I, I always kind of, kind of find that interesting um, being an InkShares author. I know that sometimes I go around and I just follow people in books because I want to uh, keep up with where they are and, and whatever, you know, or um, I, I find someone interesting. And so I'll just follow that person. Uh, there, well, there's I, also sorry, sorry to cut you off, but there's no, also the phenomenon that there is a lot of authors that will follow a bunch of people in the hope of being followed back and hopefully having that translate into a, a pre-order. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes you just follow people and they follow you back, but there's no pre-order to come from it. And that might create a kind of scenario where you have more followers than, than pre-orders. And and you know what? That's where I was getting at. That's where I was getting at. Oh, uh, sorry. No, no, that's okay. Beat that's, you to the punch. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, at least you put two and two together to figure out, hey, I am actually going somewhere with my words. So, uh, yeah, but that's that's the point I was making here. It's like it, it's just a little bit maybe unbalanced, you know, because like most of the time if I follow someone or, or a book, I should say, because I follow people a lot, you know, but if I follow a book, it's because I have pre-ordered or I know that I want to pre-order as soon as I get some money, you know? So, um, I, I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the fact that he's has more book sales or pre-orders than followers. I'm just saying that it seems a little lopsided. And I bet if we did a, a little study, and in fact, anyone listening, you can go ahead and do the study because I'm not going to do it. But if you went through, <laughs> if we did do the study, you'd probably find out that more often than not, the followers greatly outweigh the actual pre-orders, which, uh, like JF had mentioned, it's because you're trying to translate that follow into a pre-order yourself. And, you know, we're 
as authors, we should all be on the same side here. You know, I think, and uh, I think that we should all have the same goal of, of seeing as many people um, get funded as possible. Uh, you know, because we're all in this together and, and, and we all need to succeed. And as long, as long as we keep succeeding, then, you know, ink shares is going to keep succeeding and we're just going to grow bigger together. You know, we're kind of like a, uh, what are those things on, uh, Power Rangers? We're kind of like one of those, uh, uh, you know, when they, uh. Power Ranger Ninja? together. <laughs> no, I, I have no idea. No, when they put I, the power, when they put the um, their cell, it, the Zords. That's not right. They, the maybe big, I, I really was not mighty a Mor- power Power Ranger guy. Like <laughs> I, I wasn't I, either. Apparently, you can hear that right? <laughs> clearly. And n- nothing against that. I was just like maybe a, maybe two or three years too old for it, and I was into other things. By the time that that became big. Yeah, well, I don't know. What I'm saying is that we're a team. That's the point I was getting at. We should be a team. You know, don't just follow somebody because you're trying to get a pre-order. Yeah, you are. I get it. But, you know, pre-orders well, usually are answered with pre-orders, you know. Well, not as that also, like, just because to a certain degree, like, that that means also that, oh, once your book is funded, you should stop pre-ordering, which is not true. The, the thing with InkShares right. is that the, 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 the way InkShares works as a platform is that it needs to reach a sort of critical mass. A It needs to reach the point where people will go to InkShares to shop for uh, for proto books, if you will, for, for books that are still in development and in funding, but that the, you know, the, the, the average reader doesn't need to be brought to InkShares, that they go there on their own yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah. And that there is such a huge mass of readers that the struggle to get funded is lessened. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't always be the, 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 this battle where we have to follow all the other InkShares writers in the hopes that they, they, they follow us back and pre-order a book. We shouldn't have to ask every family member to pre-order a book. We should be able to run a campaign entirely within the InkShares ecosystem. Now, InkShares is a young company. They're still finding their footing. They're still growing. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, 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 the problem is that because they're still growing, that ecosystem hasn't reached this critical mass of sort of pseudo self-sufficiency, but it needs to get there. And one of the ways it'll get there is if InkShares is more, uh, more prevalent in the literature industry. But to do that, and this is why they put out the Quill level of publication, they need to publish books. That's right. But the coolest way for books to get published is, of course, if they can get to the 750 pre-orders. So people that are sitting on credits should absolutely spend them on books that are funding. And we should, and this, I mean, this is the reason why we, you and I have this podcast is because we're trying to help grow that ecosystem to the point where it reaches this critical mass. Because... By having more books get published, InkShares gets more traffic, gets more visibility. And if it gets get to the point where it gets so much traffic and visibility that getting seven, 250 orders or 750 orders isn't an ordeal, then everybody wins. Exactly. And I mean, as far as, uh, as, far as I'm concerned, I mean, I see a lot of positive things going on. Uh, but like you said, still a young company and, you know, we're hopefully uh, helping out with our podcast as well as, you know, helping you guys out uh, become better crowd funders. I don't, I don't know. Or, you know, something like that or writers. 
Uh, but anyway, check out Driving the Road of Life with a Flat Tire by Gary Jordan. Um, I was reading through a little bit of it while you were reading it over, and it seems pretty funny. I think it'll be pretty comical. Uh, and uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like Gary updates very often because there's no updates. But, you know, maybe he doesn't. I'm actually not following this one. And uh, I should, though. But then again, I don't want to be hypocritical and follow and not pre-order because I'm a terrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I pre-ordered a copy. I, I went for a digital, digital copy because of the uh, the whole uh, shipping issue. Oh, yeah. But, Canada. but I de- definitely definitely ordered a copy because I, I, I think this is going to be a book that's going to speak to me. And it's it's interesting to once in a while uh, step out of the, the, the genres of sci-fi and fantasy. Although, to be honest, you know what's weird is I usually don't read sci-fi and fantasy these days. I read a lot of nonfiction uh, documentary type books. Mostly yeah. because that's where I draw a lot of inspiration for for whatever I'm writing, and uh, just to put a cap on the whole followers versus pre-orders thing, I I had to go look at my own campaign, God in the Shed, to see what the proportions were. I should look at mine too, actually. Go ahead. What are yours? The well, one of the things like yours, like for for Life Engineered and for Ageless, the thing is that these books have already funded, so it's. The, the the numbers get skewed also because you and I get yeah. pre-orders from bookstores and from distributors. So it's not, it's, it's probably going to be weird numbers, but for God in the shed, I have 437 followers and 447 pre-orders. Well, that's pretty so it's, good. It's weirdly in sync. Um, mine is actually pretty close too for motor city chronicles, which I don't really push a whole lot. Because I still have 130 something days left on the campaign, so I'm, I haven't been really working it hard yet. Because I knew that I was going to be, you know, really wrapped up with Ageless. But the Motor City Chronicles book one, I have 39 pre-orders and I have 50 followers, so it's pretty close. I mean, but then again, if all 50 of those people bought a book, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you'd be at 50 pre-orders. I know, but well. I'm at almost I'm at 39 so I'm I'm almost you know it's it's pretty good considering like uh well if you're not pushing it it's And I'm not pushing not it bad at all. No, it's not bad at all. And you know I'm I'm kind of waiting to for ageless to kind of hit so I can uh you know use so I can ride that wave, you know what I mean? And that's terrible, right? No, it's look, it's if it's there marketing, is a wave it might right? be a little baby wave. <laughs> It's there's definitely going to be some attention brought to it. Mm-hmm. And the difficult thing is, and because I'm I'm looking at the same thing for God in the Shed. Like I want, I want my first book to be published and people to read it, and hopefully this will bring attention to my second book. Unfortunately, my second book is a completely different genre, so that's going to be a bit of a harder sell. But at the same time, I don't want to be pushing a second book while the first book is still in in its marketing campaign because right. I want the first book to sell well. So it creates this really kind of a, a Sophie's choice of where to where to put my attentions. And that's where I'm feeling too. Like now that uh, now that um Nerdist, which is what I actually put this up for, I was like, well, I, I might as well throw something in, you know. Now that uh Nerdist is over, I'm kind of like, well, I'm torn, you know, I, I, I want to spend some time with this, but I, I put such a long um, duration of time because I knew that I wanted to try to um, have Ageless get out there first, if, if possible, or, you know, pre- be pretty close, be being marketed heavily. And then I'd say, hey, by the way, I'm trying to fund this one, too. But, you know, you, you're right. You're, you're kind of torn. What you, you know, what 
you want to give your attention to. Although I can tell you that I have had no attention for Motor City Chronicles. So those of you listening that follow that, thank you. And I'm sorry I've neglected you, but you are good people. Thanks. Yeah, I'm going to probably after the holidays, I'm going to start pushing uh, a God in the Shed a bit harder to sort of get the, because uh, I, like I said earlier, I really want to get this book into the 750 pre-orders so that I can get that uh, that editing thing. It just... I want you to get it there too. Yeah, I'm just... Because you know, I want to record your um, audio book. I, f- I think like the the same way I c- I'm having trouble finding someone to record uh, for Life Engineered for God in the Shed. I think I would have a much easier time. Like I could definitely use uh, you. I would totally love for you to do it. Um, we'd have to settle on a payment method, but that's another story. <laughs> um, which is is actually like part of the problems for finding someone for uh, for Life Engineered. Also, oh yeah, money's always an issue, man. Getting someone well, to devote that kind of time and everything, you know. It's not just getting them to do it. It's just I don't want to necessarily work with a volunteer and like I not because I have anything against volunteers but I want people to be compensated for their efforts right right so uh, one of the biggest problems with that is like that I I don't necessarily have huge funds but I have huge expectations so <laughs> that's a problem it could then, be see how yeah, and then parallel to that, it's the, 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 there's also a sort of shifting mentality in the world of audio audiobooks where people are not they're they're how um, say there, there's a, a change of opinion about how people who read audiobooks should be compensated. So I need to sort of find my footing, find what is it that people who record these things want and is it something I can afford? It's, it's just, it's, it's a strange, uh, it's a strange world that I need to sort of get better at understanding. And uh, that actually reminds me, Glorious Derek just put out an audiobook for um, uh, not, not uh, Astro and Dragons, but part of the series. A, yeah, it's an audio play, I think, right? Uh, or or is this straight audiobook? No, I think it's just. I think this is actual audiobook of book one of the series that Asteroid Made of Dragon comes from. Um, Dragons comes from. Uh, That's cool. What's it? Called? What's that website? A A No ACX. Yes, I think he found someone on there to do it for him. But it's yeah, definitely I've, I've, on Audible. I I saw it the other day. Actually, it was recommended. He, I was like, whoa, cool. He then he probably went to to ACX, which which is something. I, I've looked at ACX and it might be what I go through. It, it's just I have I have a you know, so I, I have ideas and wishes for who and what kind of person I want to record the audiobook, and and, and it's, it's just complicated to to make decisions on that. I, I don't want to like delve too deep until I have. I don't want to say anything until I have something to say. Yes, I I, I think that's a good idea, actually. So uh, we got um, uh, we've got I don't know a few minutes left uh, ish. Do we have a topic for this week? I we don't have a topic, but we I mean last last week's episode was pretty long, so I feel very comfortable having a shorter episode. And I mean we did talk a bit. Uh, about some of the like the, the, the higher concepts of uh, of funding, mm-hmm. I think next week I would like to. What I'm going to do this during the week, and I, I invite you to do the same thing, Paul, or and even the readers, if they want, the listeners, if they want, is to I'm going to look at different ways of marketing a garden shed, and I want to see what uh, I want you and I 
in in our in our uh, discussion segment next week to talk about how we're going to get a god into shed into new markets for pre-orders. <laughs> sure, I sure. am. I am going to use this podcast as my very own think tank. Well, you do know that next week, next week's episode will be double digits for Right Brain. It'll be episode number ten. So, kind of a special episode, you know, hitting the double digit mark. Yes, and uh, now that we've done, we will have done 10 episodes, this means that it opens up uh, certain, it, it releases us from certain self-imposed restrictions that I had put on the podcast. <laughs> Which is okay, you know, that's all right. So those of you listening, if you don't know what he's talking about, too bad. But if you do oh, know, no. for, 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 for full disclosure is because we've we've been wanting to and we've been asked if we can have other people on the on the show to talk about their books instead of us talking about their books, have them come on board and pick their brains about certain subjects regarding uh, regarding the, the, the whole crowdfunding and writing adventure. Mm -hmm. So but I wanted us to have at least 10 episodes under our belt so that we could be, you know, have a, a, a more comfort with our footing, our timing, get our, our tone correctly. And now that we will have those 10 episodes, I think we'll be able to open up the format of the podcast to, to a few variations as we go forward. Uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of excited about that. And um, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to go about that at the moment, but we will figure it out. And if you are interested, I don't know if I should even say this, but if you are interested contact me or JF and uh, you can contact me on um, Twitter where I do the tweets occasionally at Paul Inman SC. That is at P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N-S-C. Or you can go to my website and shoot me a message from there. It is www.paulinmansc.com. Surprise, surprise. P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N-S-C dot C-O-M. Um, yeah. Or you can, uh, look for the Ageless Facebook group if you want to do that. Or on Inkshares here, you can contact me through there. I'm, I'm pretty sure somehow, some way, leave a comment on one of my books. JF, how, how can we contact you to bother you about being on the podcast or anything about, you know, how, how Canada is doing currently? Oh, yes, ask me about Canada. Um, you can you can get in touch with me on on the Twitter at JF Dubo. That's at JF D U B E A U, or you can go to my website jfdubo.com And more specifically, if you want to go on the website and look for books, that's jfdubo.com slash books. Um, from there, you can find all the links for like Facebook and, and shares and. If you if you really want to uh, if you love me and you want to encourage me uh, go go to jfdubo.com slash books and click the link to pre-order a god in the shed I would love for you to do that or you can order the life engineered because it is finished it is going to print very soon so God man that is so exciting <laughs> it is really exciting I'm excited for you I can't wait to say that about ageless but it's gonna it's, be a it's while it's coming man you're like what uh, uh, you like a month behind it's not yeah, that far it's about it's about um in fact they told me that they would send me the digital print um, for the ebook the digital digital proof sorry in one month from today as a matter of fact on January 29th so so close man so I know close. and then I'll That's be printing very soon after that so I'm excited. Um, JF, anything else to add? No, I'm good. I'm eager for next week. 
because I won't exploit our podcast. There you go. Uh, thanks for listening, and you know, recommend us to your friends if you would like, or your enemies if you don't like us. You know, whatever. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, see you next week. Mm-hmm.